Hi folks, a very quick announcement before we get started on the episode this week. And that is a huge thank you to Katie Unicorn Stewart. I don't know if your middle name really is Unicorn. If it is, that is an awesome name. So the fabulous Katie Unicorn Stewart gave us a recent review on Apple Podcasts about the recent Governance Summit summary. So five stars for Take On Board, she says. Loved the recent Governance Summit summary podcasts. Super useful. Katie, happy to help. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time to do a review. So a little prompt for others that might be listening. I love it when I get reviews and you might get read out on the pod as well. So get in there and work out how to do ratings and reviews and let me know what you think of the pod. All right, on with the show. Today, my shout out of the week goes to Belinda Howe, who reached out to me on LinkedIn to say, Hi, Helia. I'm an avid listener of your podcast. Well done for covering so many useful topics with such interesting people. Just back from walking the dogs to the accompaniment of your latest one on applying for FAICD, something that I'd never thought of but will now consider. Best wishes, Belinda. Belinda, thank you so much for reaching out and I am super pleased that you are now considering applying for your FAICD. Please let me know if that's what you do. And if you listened to that podcast and you're applying, or if you haven't listened yet and you're wondering what getting your FAICD is all about, listen into last week's episode. And like Belinda, you might find yourself considering it, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Now, today and next week, we are hearing from two storytelling experts on why storytelling in the boardroom is key. Today, we'll hear from Suzanne Brown and next week from Gabrielle Dolan. I'd love to hear what you think and how you've used storytelling in the boardroom or how you're going to use it after listening to these episodes. Now, let's go. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast. I'd like to start by acknowledging that I am recording on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and future. I also acknowledge and respect the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practice of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, and I extend that respect to any First Nations people we might have here with us today. Being on a board can be an incredibly valuable, interesting and exciting experience. Yet it can also be lonely, challenging and, let's face it, pretty hard. So here at Take On Board, I'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you navigate your way onto a board, onto your next board and to build your governance wisdom. Now, on with the show. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Suzanne Brown about the importance of storytelling for board members. First, let me tell you about Suzanne. Almost straight out of school, Suzanne talked her way into a job at the ABC, where she worked on everything from kids' shows, news and current affairs, documentaries, drama and arts programs. Since the ABC, she's been producing, writing and editing stories for industry, corporate, magazines, blogs, not-for-profits and social impact projects. Suzanne loves the power of a story to broaden perspectives, remind us of our common humanity and make people care and create change. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. 
It is fabulous to have you here because storytelling is such a key thing for board members. But before we go there, I always like to dig a little bit deeper about the guest. So can you tell me a story about young Suzanne that tells us a bit about how you got to where you are today? Well, actually, I mean, the intro actually probably said most of it, but I've been involved with telling stories forever. I come from a long line of storytellers, mostly jokes, but and I'm not very good at jokes, but I love a good story. <laughs> and then, yes, having worked, with, I worked in theatre as a child, as a teen, and then in the ABC, and since then telling stories for all sorts of people. And actually it was it was probably something that happened when I was not so young that really put me on the path to where I am now. I had a little, I had a little brush with cancer, which was, it was all fine. I was one of the lucky ones. It was early and it was just a blip, not a battle. But it made me really think about what I wanted to be doing. And I thought I really want to be working with the not-for-profit sector or the for-purpose sector mm-hmm. to help them tell the stories that will get them all the support that they need. And there are so many good stories out there, but we don't hear so many of them. And people get this perception that the world is this rather dangerous, awful place where everyone's just out for themselves and it's all pretty dire. But in fact, there's a load of really amazing stuff happening and wonderful people doing wonderful things. And I would really love to be um, just telling those stories more often just to even it up a bit yeah, <laughs> and give people a sense of hope because without hope there's there's no change people don't do anything about the environment or each mm-hmm. other so that was how I got to be working with not-for-profits and for-purpose sector okay so I've got two follow-up questions there one is what were the stories you loved when you were a child so it's partly about the stories back then and where do you go now for those stories of hope today? Oh, that's a good question. Well, back when I was a kid, I absolutely, actually, I still love them. <laughs> I love detective stories. I realised only recently, actually, the reason why I love them so much is because it's sort of making order of chaos <laughs> yes. and, yeah. and writing writing wrongs I suppose but yeah when I was a kid I would read three books a week on average and I went through the local library and read all the you know Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, Trixie Belden, Nancy Drew all of those I just loved them but now I really like biographies as well um, right I like real people's stories and in terms of where I go to for good stories now there are some really fantastic organizations that do this so my favourite would be Future Crunch, and they are—they're oh, just amazing. They have a newsletter. They have a free newsletter which anyone can sign up for, and they have a paid one which has a little bit more information. But they gather incredible stories from all around the world about advancements in science, the way people are turning around health issues in in poorer countries, the environment. It's just their their newsletter is jam packed full of incredible inspiring and very hopeful information there's also an English platform called positive news and they they do a very similar thing on Instagram and Facebook there's also places like the good news movement which is an Australian organization there's the good news network which is an American one there's good oh there's so many good things and (laughs) and I'm an avid reader of all of them Oh, fantastic. Well, you're right. There is plenty of doom and gloom in the world and that's often what gets the headlines, but there is far more stories of hope. 
uh, if we just scratch the surface and find them. So I'm going to dig out some of those resources that you've just mentioned so that I can keep those stories of hope front of mind. Oh, good. Yeah. This conversation came about, oh, look, I think we'd met in a virtual cuppa and then you wrote a blog about why board members need to be storytellers. And so I thought that was a great conversation to have here on the podcast about storytelling for board members, what it is and why it's important. So why do board members need to be good storytellers? Well, I think board members need to be good storytellers for all sorts of reasons. One of the biggest ones, though, for me is that because they're not involved in the day-to-day running of an organisation, they can actually have that sort of higher view of what's happening and are often much better placed to tell the story of that particular organisation than the people who are running it. So I think from an organisational point of view, it's important. And if they've got stories, if there's a storytelling culture in that organisation, so people are sharing stories all the time, it helps connect the staff, it helps connect the board, and it helps the board connect to why they're there as well. Because as you say in your intro, being on a board can be hard and lonely sometimes. And I think it's really great to be able to connect with that passion that made you participate with this board in the first place and I'm I'm pretty sure it's easy to forget that sometimes <laughs> so having having that personal story as well is really important stories are so important generally because they engage the senses and the emotions and the more you experience that oxytocin release of empathy the more you trust the storyteller mm-hmm. and that's important for all leaders I think And, you know, like data just doesn't engage the same way as stories do. So you can have all sorts of statistics and people won't remember half of them and they won't engage with them. But if you tell a story, people will remember it. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I I recently worked, actually, I worked on a big corporate project uh, that was, it was all about a transformational change, which was big. There was going to be a lot of pushback and, We compiled this 200-page report and it was so detailed and so well-researched and so well-written and it was, I didn't didn't do it all, (laughs) not blowing my own trumpet, but it was this amazing report. But you know what really turned it around was the seven-minute video we did of people's stories about why they needed this transformation and what the problems were. And that was just a very powerful reminder that stories trump data every time. As Brene Brown says, stories are data with soul. (laughs) I love that quote. Sometimes it feels like, is there a topic that we can't connect Brene Brown to? Uh, She is everywhere. (laughs) She is. Probably because she's a good storyteller in some ways. Well, she's an amazing storyteller and she does it with such humour and self-deprecation as well that it's... um, She's she's quite a special gal, that one. <laughs> you know, storytelling is not often on the skills matrix of skills that boards need. It's not often on their board agenda. Although, interestingly, I, no, I shared this just before we hit record, one of the boards that I'm on is the Royal Women's Hospital and lots of hospitals will share a patient story at the start of their meetings, which is a great way of connecting to what the organisation does and to remind all of the board directors, you know, it's not about just ticking off the data and the compliance, as you say, what are we really there for? We're there for our, our patients first and foremost and our staff. Like I say, it doesn't often appear on the skills matrix. It doesn't often appear on the board agenda. How can boards 
connect to that storytelling? How can they make it part of what they do? Well, I would love to see all organisations develop a very strong storytelling culture generally and carry that into the board. So the staff can tell regular stories and, you know, you, you could have 10 minutes at the beginning of every meeting and people just bring a story about something that they've heard or something that happened. And then any of the really good ones can get carried into the board uh, mm. to give, and it, it just gives them so much to talk about and, as you say, connect with what the organisation is really doing. And it doesn't have to be a sort of for-purpose for one as well. You know, every organisation has amazing things that they're wanting to achieve and it, it's not necessarily all about just money. <laughs> yeah, and not just about good stories, I think, either. Again, at the hospital when we share patient stories or sometimes staff stories, they're not always the good stories because you can learn a lot from this from the challenges as well. Actually, yeah, you're so right. You you actually learn a lot more from those. Mm. And and yes, it really helps point up what needs to change. And sometimes that needs to be driven by the board. Mm. I agree. You know, your point around is it just for not-for-profit boards? I think storytelling is relevant for any board. And again. We touched on this just prior to hitting record. If I think about the Qantas board at the moment and my my punt is if there was more storytelling in that Qantas boardroom than, I don't know, talking about the bottom line in the Qantas boardroom, there might be a very different way things are being played out in, in terms of their strategy and so on as well. Mm, oh, I totally agree. And, and one of my favourite books is a book by Mar- Michael Margolis called Story 10X or 10 times, I'm not sure how you say it, I've only ever read it. (laughs) And his organisation helps all sorts of organisations tell their stories. And particularly when they're going through a tough time, everyone needs to connect to why they're really there and what they're actually really doing. Particularly in times of change, there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff going on. And if people don't understand what's behind it all and what the end game is, it can be really confusing and alienating for people and frightening for people organizations getting their stories right can just connect everybody in a very simple I mean yes working out the story is not always simple but once you've got it it connects people so quickly I mean we're all hardwired for connection as Brene would say (laughs) Um, (laughs) and and stories connect you so much faster than anything else can you know, one of the key roles for boards is to set the strategic direction of an organisation. And again, strategy can be a, you know, a nice, neat flow chart plan on a page and or and or it can be around stories and what those stories tell you about that organisation and where it wants to be and so on. So, so for board members... What can they do to work out either their story or their organisation's story? Well, I would love to see at the beginning of every meeting a story, as you say, or they Mm. could even put a whole meeting aside to actually have a little workshop themselves. And it could be, it need only be half an hour, but Mm. just sit down and have some some time to think about, you know, what attracted each board member to that organisation. Why do they care about it? What are they proud of? How much does it align with their own purpose and values? You know, which stories resonate with them and why? Why should somebody want to work there or or support them if they're a not-for-profit? 
And what do they actually achieve in terms of what their customers or their clients or whatever get from what they do? Uh, and, you know, getting back to their why, I suppose. Yes. And also, you know, have a think about if there was anything that all this organisation could do, what would it be? You know, start to dream big and think about, mm. you know, how things could work. And, you know, the world's changing so fast. I think it's actually really, particularly the business and working world, it's really important to reconnect to that fairly regularly, I would think. You know, I'm thinking about the last couple of years where our connections have been exactly how we're having this conversation, which is via video conference. And I'm wondering what your observations are about the use of storytelling or the value of storytelling over the last couple of years, given we've been disconnected physically, just what the role of storytelling, I guess, has been in that period of time in building connection. It's been even more important during this horrible pandemic time. And Mm. from my observation, the the organisations that were able to tell the stories and keep people connected through the stories of what they're achieving and, you know, how they're working together, the great stories about, you know, working from home and what they've managed to do in their Mm. disconnected state and all that sort of stuff, they're the ones that thrived. And the ones that were just like, okay, well, it's just business as usual. You're just doing it from home. And, you know, that didn't really work for a lot of people and particularly if they had kids that they had to homeschool and all that sort of stuff. So, yes, I I think the storytelling has been even more important lately and I think a lot of people still aren't very good at it. So it would be great to see more of that. But also just getting back to the board members and their personal stories, I just recently did a workshop with the Nonprofit Alliance and it, it's their purpose workshop. It's, it's a yes. workshop they offer. Anyone can do it. And yeah. it was it was so interesting for me because I've spent my whole life telling other people's stories. Um, and to then sit down and have to think about what my story was and think of six images and six moments that sort of define my purpose, it was really challenging <laughs> but it was such an interesting exercise to do. So what was it, six images and six? Six moments. Moments. Can I ask that you share? What did, what did you come up with for either your images or, well, you don't necessarily need to share all of them, but I, I'm interested in what you shared for some of those things, if you're willing to share. <laughs> i have to try and remember what they were now because I was so busy at the time as I did it quickly and then... But, well, some of them were around, you know, moving around a lot as a kid and starting several new schools, being the eldest child and having to look after everybody. There are also some, you know, some not so great moments where I had to nurse my niece who was not well and she didn't make it. So that was that was a big turning point for oh, all sorry. of us, of course. Yeah, mm. it, was, it was pretty awful. Um, so, oh, and talking my way into the job at the ABC was a really big moment. (laughs) How did you do that? Tell us the story. Well, I was working in a theatre company because I'd grown up, my parents have always worked in amateur theatre and I started doing it as soon as I was allowed out of it at night. I was actually working for a ballet company and the ABC came to film it and I said to them, you know, I've always wanted to work in TV and I've written to the ABC a few times and they've never written back. (laughs) I'm like 20 years old, cheeky ass. And uh, in fact, they had a job as a camera assistant going in their news crew. They'd never had a girl before, but they thought that I was quite 
feisty and could be okay. So they said, look, there's a job going, come and see the boss tomorrow. So I yeah. went up there and I, I was tiny, hair, you know, hair down to my waist, 20 years old, very wet behind the ears. And the boss looked at me as if to say, oh, little girl, why are you wasting my time? And I thought, I'm not leaving without this job. <laughs> So basically talked to him and told him stories for about 45 minutes and he said, okay, you can start on, uh, on Monday. <laughs> and then as I was leaving, he said, you don't really want to be a camera assistant, do you? And I said, not really. And he said, there's a producer's assistant's job going in six months. Don't stuff it up and then you can have that. <laughs> oh. So that was, I mean, I don't think you'd ever get a job like that anymore. But um, that was a big turning point for me. Well, it's interesting even in sharing that, you know, some in the take on board community are on boards. Some in the take on board community are looking for board roles. So there's another angle on this storytelling side of things. Partly it's for what boards need to do to connect to their story. And you've given us some, you know, think about moments, think about images. Here's some questions to think about. But that is a beautiful example for people in the take on board community to think about how are they telling their story to get into the boardroom? Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and yeah. Then working out what your passion is and, and how your passion can align with what that organisation yes. is doing. And that's very compelling for anyone who's employing Absolutely. people or, you know, engaging them to be a board member. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, you can check out the Nonprofit Alliance have actually made some videos of some of the uh, six moments and six images for some of their right. not-for-profit leaders on their YouTube channel. So if you wanted to check it out, you could um, see what it, and even do the work. Yeah, okay. Well, again, we'll make sure we link to that. So doing some of the, those questions that you listed before, as I say, the images, the moments. So for boards in thinking about having a storytelling culture, those are the things that they should think about. What about for individuals that are turning up for a board role? Is it a similar sort of, I don't know, I guess, framework or thinking in thinking about telling their own story? What's your advice to them in terms of, you know, you talked your way into your job at the ABC. What's your advice in terms of using storytelling for people who need to talk their way into their board role? <laughs> well, if you've got a story about something that you've done that shows your passion, that really demonstrates your passion in a, in, in a powerful way, I would be really telling that story. The most important thing would be, apart from your credentials, which would be an obvious one, but what your passion is, why, mm. why it's important to you to be on this yes. board and what you bring but I, I think I'm probably not telling anybody anything new there but but definitely having a good story about something that you've done even if it was when yeah. you were a kid you know that demonstrates you're very passionate about this what this organization does it engages absolutely and most of the board interviews that I've either been interviewed for or interviewing for the first question, you know, it might be tell us a bit about yourself or something to get started, but then why insert name of organisation? You know, back when I was on the board of the YWCA, why the why? Uh, why do you want to be on this board with this organisation? And uh, having a candidate who really, as you say, shares their passion, highlights their keen interest in the area by a story 
is much more likely to pique the interest. And you'll remember them. As you say, the data, it's like, oh, I'm interested in this, that and the other. Tell me how and why and what the story is behind it. I mean, they'll all read your CV and everything, but it's bringing that and bringing that passion and bringing that to life. And a story is definitely the best way to do that. (laughs) Oh, okay. So there's already so many tips and tricks in there. But I'm wondering, what are the key things you want people to take away from the conversation that we've had today? Oh, I think the key things would be that board members can often tell the stories that their organisation can't. I think knowing and telling their their own story and their own purpose and how it aligns with what the organisation does is really important for each of the board members and how you work together, but also important for the organisations to hear. And I think getting your personal story clear and your it just re- reconnects you to why you're on this board in the first place and how it aligns with your passion and and that's always very handy when the going gets tough (laughs) you sit there at two o'clock in the morning going why am I doing this yes (laughs) and just that stories can bring data to life Um, yes people don't remember information or they only remember about half the information and there's a great talk by a, a woman called Karen Eber but she, she goes into a lot more detail about why stories are important and, yes. and how they light up different areas of your brain and, and why they stick. Yeah, which is interesting in thinking about, you know, boards, outputs, inverted commas. You know, there's often an annual report which can be the finances and a copy of your profit and loss statement or it can be, I mean, you have to include that, but it can also be stories. So thinking about how all of that, how your strategy is presented and bringing the stories in, how your annual report is presented. And I love that idea of you just don't often take time to go around the board table and say, well, why are you here? Why are you here in this particular boardroom? Why are you here? I love that, being able to connect to it. And sometimes those things happen in individual conversations, in your coffee catch-ups, but don't often happen as a as a team. I love that prompting. And I think especially if there's a bit of tension on the board, say, um, mm. it's really important to, to do that because, Absolutely. you know, once you know what's driving a particular person, it's yes. much easier to understand where they're coming from. and. Yes have some empathy for them and then deal with it in a more compassionate and understanding way. So Absolutely. We've already shared some resources, but is there a resource you'd like to share with the Take On Board community? Oh, I think I have shared them all, actually. Yeah. I have a little blog that has storytelling articles sometimes. Uh Um, But read Story 10X. It's amazing. He also has a really good formula for telling stories as well, which is Mm -hmm. handy. Are you able to share that or is that a whole other conversation in and of itself? It's a whole other conversation and <laughs> he would probably do a really good elevator pitch, but I would it'd probably be a bit long for me to try and explain it. Uh, all right. Well, look, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, A, to share it initially in the blog, which is what attracted my attention as part of this conversation, and for taking the time to share some of these ideas with the Take On Board community. Like I say, I think it's valuable both for those that are in the boardroom and for those that are seeking to get into the boardroom as well to really think about their own personal storytelling and the storytelling of that organisation. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the Take On Board community today. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So that's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and being part of the Take On Board community. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women together So I invite you to join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group. 
an active group that helps, supports and cheer squads each other. Just search Take On Board in Facebook to find us. I'd really love it if you could also do some of the other podcast things. Share with someone you know who might get some value from our discussions. Subscribe if you haven't already. And, well, I also really love it when people rate and review. Thanks again for being part of the Take On Board community. Now go and put these tips, tricks and advice into action so you can be your best in the boardroom.